Let's do this. Okay. At least we've got an intro, at least. Welcome to the Fire Vader podcast where all news is good news. Come and check out my site at www.fireavaderpodcast.host56.com. Okay, everybody. Welcome to back to this episode of the Fire Vader Podcast. I don't know what number I'm on, and right now, I'll tell you, tell you the truth, I really don't care. Okie dokie. First off, I have two special guests on my podcast here tonight. First off, I have, from the T, from the TPSUK Podcast, I keep on screwing up that name, it really sucks anyway, but still, I have, here comes Bod. Hello, Bod. Hello there. Okay, let's see if I can actually do this right this time, you know. Uh, crazy. But anywho, how you been doing? Um, alright, yourself? Pretty good. Good on, good on you, man, for being on top of the trophy count two times in a row this this month. I can't believe it. Yeah, I can't believe it either. The the, the first time was un, unintentional, but... Uh, yeah, the, the second time I hoard it right up just to annoy Slugger. <laughs> hey, man, on that one. And then I have, then I have the TPSUK's number one fan here, and once again, even though this is the third time I'm doing this, but still, I'm gonna let him introduce himself so I don't screw it up and or kill myself. Well, um, thanks for having me on the show. My name is Ira DeLupis, um, and uh, like you said, I am the TSUK's number one fan. So I don't know how long that's gonna last. I'm sure someone will surpass me one day, but let's hope not, because I'm having a lot of fun enjoying all those perks. What, what perks do you get with that then? Oh well, being the T Sex number one fan, I, I get um, tea sent for me from from Britain all the time. I have um, selective uh, merchant rights, um, like the East India Trading Company, and um, I can also become a privateer. So there's always that. Bonus. Ooh. Yeah, those perks are amazing. I gotta tell you. I'm, I'm surprised you don't get them yourself as a, uh, a native of, of Britain. Yeah, I get tea, but that's about it. <laughs> I have to make it myself as well. Oh, see, I as T6 number one fan, I, I have people make it for me. Um, yeah. That's... <laughs> well, like, like he gets his tea, then it makes him himself right here, and he gets a good pint of beer every so often. Oh, yeah, unfortunately, we still don't have the good Guinness over here in the U.S. It's, it's all bottled. Oh, I hate Guinness. Really? You're not a fan yeah. of red drink? <laughs> no. <laughs> you more of a stout man? Uh, more cider, actually. Really? Yeah. Any particular type of uh, cider? They, they do a very nice pear cider now. Huh. I, uh, my uh, mother is a, a huge fan of Mike's um, hard apple cider, and I've tried that, and it's... It's it's not necessarily one of my tastes, as I'm more of a, a vodka drinker myself, but um, to each their own, eh? Indeed. Yep. Okie dokie. Going on here, I normally have my list in whatever I do on this podcast, but I decided on, what the heck, I'll just toss it out here. I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to do, we're going to do our top five video games of of all time, and I'm not talking just your regular old 2010 or 2011, that kind of shite here. I'm just going to do your top five games of whatever whatever system, whatever you played, whatever you liked. And here it goes. Fire Vader's top five countdown list. And starting off at... Five. 
Okay, Bod, I'll let you go first here. Right, um, are we doing five each? Or? Yeah, five each. We're starting at five, and then we're each doing one, each each doing one until we get get down to our number one here, because okay. I got intro numbers for all of them. Well, I've got a few in mind. I don't know about a particular order. I know I know what my number one is. Okay. Um, as for the others, in no particular order, I think I've got to start with Dead Rising. Really, I thought that would have been higher up on your list. It's it's not number one. Okay. But it's top five, but I'm not sure exactly where it would place between two and five. I'd say it's kind of floating around in there. Yeah, but it's definitely in there. So we're talking the original Dead Racing for the Xbox, not Dead Racing 2 for the PlayStation 3? Uh, yeah, I don't know I don't know which to go for, to be honest. Can I have them both in, uh, in one slot? Okay, I can go with that. Dead Rising 1 and 2. Okay. Because um, I, I did love the first one. The, the only problem is... Because I really, really, really hate Xbox, <laughs> I, I have to go for for number two over number one, just by default, really. Yeah, I heard everybody, and I've got a couple of friends of mine that that have the original Xbox, and they they also kind of like that game also, but they didn't like the zombies in that one because they felt like they were like too much of an idiot walking around. Well, that's kind of the point of zombies. They're not supposed to be intelligent. They're supposed to be dead. <laughs> Yeah, but they're supposed to be coming at you and trying to kill you in a game. Well, yeah, but, I mean, come on, it was on the Xbox. What can you expect? Oh, yeah, you're right about that one. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the second one definitely had uh, more things going for it. You could have more zombies on screen, for one thing. The original, they reckoned, was about 3,000 zombies, I think. And the uh, the second one, they reckoned, about 7,000 zombies. Damn. It's a lot of AI to program. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But again, the zombies still not particularly intelligent. I, I think the problem with the first one was some of the survivors you had to save were utterly useless. And they got killed very easily. In the second one, they were a bit more intelligent. Well, I, I've, I've heard horror stories about how in the first one, it was like the survivors were looking at daisies while zombies were chewing their brains off. Yeah, that was pretty much the case. Some survivors, don't you know when a zombie's coming for you? Don't don't sniff the daisies, just run for it. Don't try to shake the hand or hug the zombie. Hey, man. All right, Lupin, number five. Lupus, um, it's uh, StarCraft for the PC, the original. Oh, classic RTS. Mm, yeah, I I played the shit out of that game. Oh, I love that game so much. Um, SRV collecting crystals. SRV coming back. Yes, sir. <laughs> Warp opening. And don't you I just fryer. And don't you just love the the chopper guys? I think they were the vultures. They sound oh. like um they they sound like your standard motorbike gang. Hey, boss, where you want us to go? Yeah. Good. Oh man, I I love that game so much. Um, I I love just walking up siege tanks, just having a wall of siege tanks, and just praying for any kind of opposition because I knew it was going to fail right away. Oh, I love that game. Now, which side did you like playing the most in that game? The human, the Zerg, or the Protoss? Protoss. Absolutely Protoss. You, you gotta go with, with the, uh, the Zealots. My life for ire. Oh, oh, yeah, those guys. 
those guys those guys scared me more than the big gigantic capital ships you got when you're playing the humans oh the um what are they the Yamamoto yeah ships? yeah and the big upgraded weapon on those things oh my god what annoyed me a lot about the Yamamotos was that um you could have one Yamamoto and you'd have 12 marines firing at that Yamamoto and then it would shoot one marine and that one marine would be very very dead but the other 11 marines would still be shooting at you I know. I was I was wondering what the hell was going on with that crap. Did did they downgrade the weapons because they were fighting humans? I don't know. I I think what it, what the deal was is that um, the the firing rate was just so slow that I mean it did a lot of damage, but the the problem was is that it took a long time to to cool down, and so yeah, like you said, that one marine would have nothing left, but the other marines were still up and running. Yep. Did you ever get that game a try, Bod? No, I never really uh, played PC games. I never oh, really I... had a, a PC powerful enough to play it, really. I need uh... to send that game to you. you. Your laptop should be able to handle it now, as long as you purchased it within the last five years. Because that is, that is some fun right there. It is. Oh, I actually got this laptop of a friend, and he claimed it was like really, really powerful and really fast, but it runs a little bit slow. <laughs> Still, it should run, and it's 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 not that much of a high memory, high memory game and everything like that. Most of most of your even even like your pretty crappy laptops right right now nowadays. Even if it's if if it's still a pretty new one, it should run it pretty pretty decently. Well, when I first got the game, I was playing it on a 1999 Windows, wow. so I was running it uh, when the game came out on a, on a, a system like that. And that game, or that that computer, we still have it. It's up and running. And I think we, when we paid for it originally, we paid like thirty three thousand dollars for it. And that game had more. I think it had five hundred and twelve bits of RAM compared to now that new standard computers that I pay three hundred dollars for have three gigs of RAM. And um, so you put it that way, where it's you buy any kind of computer in the last that's made in the last five years and you will be able to play StarCraft cool my number five game has to be and I'm I'm a, I'm a PC gamer too for my fifth game right here so, so I'm sorry about this bod but my my fifth game has to be an old game from the Macintosh com- computer days it was a game that I was sitting up top and my dad's were playing because he didn't even know it was on there and nobody at his work I don't I don't even think knew it was on there. Shuffle Puck Cafe. Really? Yeah. Really? I've never even heard of that. I haven't heard of it either. I'm surprised. I was gonna think you were gonna say something that I actually heard of because I I used to be really hardcore into the PC gaming. Okay, gentlemen. Uh-huh. Let me let me explain it to you. Shuffle Shuffle Fall Cafe. Um, do you, do you know of air hockey? Right. It's exact. Yeah. It's exactly like air hockey, but you're playing against aliens. So it's like pong. Yeah. Okay. It's pong, but you're playing a but you're playing against a whole bunch of aliens in a bar, and they're betting on you winning or losing. So. Wait, wait, wait. Could you, like, take bribes and, and take a dive and earn more money than you would if you actually won? No. Oh. See, that one would be pretty cool. 
some gangster alien comes walking up and say, hey, take a dive. I got a lot of money running. This will give you 10% on a million. Like, okay, that pays my rent for a week. That would have been awesome, but uh, <laughs> you go inside the cafe itself right here, and you click on the champion, and then you start at the lowest guy. There's this little human with, like, these little, little round dorky glasses, and he moving as he, he's moving his paddle awfully slow. Until the point you get up to this lady with this big, huge rack on her. She's sitting there, and then she she lifts up one finger when she serves it, and the puck comes at you in like half a million miles an hour. And and you're trying to block it. Now, by rag, what what kind of rag are you talking about? Rack. Rack. Okay. I thought you said rag, and it's like, um, is that that time for the month for that specific uh, woman, or what's going on there? No. No, very... Very, very distracting up in the upper chest area. I see. So it was meant for um, psychological warfare at that point. Yes. <laughs> very much so. Okay. And now my number... Where? And my four sounds getting a little, little bit crazy, but what the hell. Okay, Bond. Number four. Number four. <clears throat> I think it'll have to be Resident Evil 4. Really? For yep. which system? Uh, well, I had it on the GameCube. Right. But I believe it was also it was also on PS2. And the uh, Xbox 360. Yeah. And the um, Wii as well. Yeah. And that, that, that was the first time they went um, third person over the shoulder. Yeah. Well, the camera still sucked. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I thought, agree I thought with it was alright on that one. Well, it wasn't necessarily the control of the camera as much as it was the tank controls where your guy was supposed to be, like, the special elite cop and he still has to take a half hour to turn around. Yeah. Unless you use that quick turn ability. Oh, was that was that Z to quick turn or, or was that on the... the uh, was that R? No, because R was to fire your weapon. I think it was Z. Yeah, I think it must have been Z. I think it was. I'm not too sure. Yeah, I I never played that game through its its end for me because um, I I didn't own a GameCube. Um, like like I said when we were talking last night, Vader. Um, I actually never had any of the current generation consoles until just this last year, uh, 2009, when I when I bought my PS3. And so, if I wanted to play a video game, I'd have to either play a demo in the store, like Target or Walmart, or I'd have to go to a friend's house who had it. And so I played uh, Resident Evil 4 on my friend's GameCube, and um, he showed me all the things that you had to do to get all the special stuff, and I was like, okay, I just want to play the game, but whatever, I can take my time to get, get through this. And I thought that game was a lot of fun. I, I have to agree with you about that. Was, that's a good choice. It's, it's certainly one of the, one of the best storylines, I think. Yeah, Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've played number five, and I enjoyed number five as well. But I think the story on four was was much better. Or I thought it was because... almost more. I thought it was almost more believable on four than five, also too. Well, well, the reason why five was so unbelievable is because in order to kill Wesker, you had to punch a rock. <laughs> like, like yeah, you were be... somehow angry at the rock. Like, why won't it move? I'm just gonna keep punching it until it starts rolling, and. That's a good way to break your hand, and I, I don't know how you're going to fight Wesker with a broken hand. Yeah, yeah, but we've all been there, though. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I am constantly having to 
to punch obstacles out of my way. <laughs> I'm telling you what, that, that safety reinforced glass at school, man, it doesn't stand a chance against my fists. Okay, your turn. Well, um, I'm in the same line of thought as uh, Here Comes Bond, and the fact that my number four is actually Resident Evil 2 for the PlayStation 1, the original PlayStation. And the reason why I loved that game so much was because it was probably one of the first games that I ever played that made me shit my pants. And that's, that's the oh, one in Raccoon City, yeah? Um... No, I think the first one is on Raccoon City. Let me find out, though. The second one, the second one was based off the movie of where they were in the deserted, deserted Raccoon City. Yes, Bod's right. They're in the deserted Raccoon City. And when is the, Leon joins the police force? Yeah. In Raccoon City, yeah. Yeah, because I believe you lost the two people and then you gained the extra two. Of which I didn't understand from the first one, from the first one to the second one. How do you, how do you, how do you lose your two stars from the first one? Then you go right into the second with second one with two new people that you're supposed to be be really into and everything like that. I really didn't understand that one. I, not, I didn't really get it either myself. But the, one of the reasons why I loved Resident Evil Two so much was that it was one of the first times, like I said, where where a game made me shit my pants, where. The um, the room I'm thinking of specifically is is it's in a bathroom in the hospital, and I'm I'm pretty sure everyone is familiar with this room where it's you enter the room, and the there you're, there's a big huge mirror on the wall, and it, it goes to the length of the of the entire wall, and your reflection on the room in the reflection of the mirror starts pooling with blood, blood starts coming from the the walls and the ceiling, and then you stare at it long enough, and Leon actually dies in the reflection, and it's like okay. That was kind of weird. And then all of the blood from the your room that's not in the reflection, there's blood coming out of the ceiling. You're like, oh, crap, i got to get out of here. And that is, oh, that is such a good good game. And then, of course, who can forget um, Pyramid Head raping a mannequin? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's pretty scary in and of itself. Ugh. My number four has to go with my favorite. Well, not one of my favorite RPGs, but one of but one of the ones I remember, and one of the ones I remember putting the most time into, was Final Fantasy VII. Okay. You can take that game after Eris dies, and you're trying to find Zephyroth, and you can take the time to go out to go out into, into the entire world, find Zephyroth, and kill him. Or you can do what I do, and I regretted doing this for my entire time. Grind? Uh, yeah, that would be called grinding. You go up to the Golden Saucer, and there's these chocobo races. Oh, gosh. Yes, really? I did the chocobo races. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm so sorry for you. I did the chocobo races for three months straight. Oh, why? Trying to breed a golden chocobo. <sighs> that's what that that's what walkthroughs are for. Uh. So I could have gotten so I could get the gold so I can get the knights of the round material. So I would be able to do that and double cast that on Zephyroth so he wouldn't be kicking my ass every single damn time. Oh man. Oh, I'm so sorry. 
I tried going through. I, I tried. I tried going at him once before. I took Cloud. I took. I took Vincent. Oh, you had to take Vincent. And I took Yuffie. Okay. They were all level ninety-eight, and they all had their master weapons. Okay. Zephyroth ended up. Zephyroth ended up ended off killing me off in less than less than four minutes. What's because Sephiroth is immortal? Just the first form, not the Bizarro. Yeah, if you've seen Advent Children, you'll you'll realize that you can't kill Sephiroth. You can only make him go to sleep. I was trying to. <laughs> uh, I was kicking chocobos. my butt every single time. Yeah, those damn chocobos. Oh my god. I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> did, you did you ever play that really crappy chocobo racing? Oh yeah. Oh gosh. Um, but <laughs> I tell you one thing: if you ever have not tried this game, and if you do get Final Fantasy VII, like on the European store on on that digital download, do not do the chocobo. Do not do the chocobo racing. Uh, no matter what trophy you get from it, just just don't. Just just don't. <laughs> never, never really played Final Fantasy. In fact, I'd, I'd never heard of Final Fantasy until Final Fantasy VII. Really? Uh, and and then I played it around a friend's house, and you know, I did not like it. And I've been put off Final Fantasy ever since. Combat My system was combat system was too slow for you, bud. Yeah, I think the, the whole turn-based thing, um, and even the, the story, I could, couldn't make sense of it. Hmm. My first experience with Final Fantasy, I, I can't remember the exact title. It was either 8 or it was either 6. It was one of those two. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that it was 8 because it, was, um, it wasn't it was Squall. Uh, it was... Zeltrain? No, no, no. The guy with the monkey tail? Yeah, the guy did have a monkey tail, but that was, was a supporting character. VD? Was it Squall? Well, Squall was, was in Squall was in eight. VD was in nine. Yes, Squall, it was Squall because it was. He had the gun blade and he was fighting a guy by the name of Zephyr. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, yeah, that was eight. Yeah. So that that was the first Final Fantasy game that I ever played, and I liked it a lot. But like I said before, I was at a friend's house, and I I I could only play through you know a couple hours, and that was it. So. Okay, number three. Either one you do you want me to go first, or either, or either one of you guys want to go first again? I'll go first. Okay. Um, my number three was Uncharted Two: Drake's Fortune for the PS3. Um, that was the I thought the narrative in that was absolutely amazing. I just I had so much fun running around, you know, the different cities and. and Gawking at all the the graphics and of the of the the background, and I actually I stood for like I think you were in uh, when you were in Tibet um, during all the fighting, and you had to. It was when Chloe had been trapped in the elevator, and you had to rescue her from the elevator. And in order to do that, you had to go outside the building and swing out on top of um, a platform. And I swung out into the platform, and this platform was on top of a huge hotel building that just overlooked the entire city. And I'm I'm looking out throughout the entire city, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm watching, and I'm looking at all the stuff move around as if you know you could almost kind of see a battle going on, and you could 
you could hear gunshots going off and I just I had so much fun playing through that game and and oh, I, I have nothing bad to say about that game I don't think anybody did from the amount of awards it got and everything like that that game was amazing and how everybody's waiting on the third one right now I yeah <laughs> I'm I'm holding my breath okay bye uh, my number three? Yeah. Um, right, I'm going very retro here. Um, and I'm going with Bomberman. Yeah! Ooh, baby! Now, is this Bomberman for the SNES, or is this Bomberman for the Game Boy Advanced? Um, this is... I mean, there were, there were a few sort of incarnations of that game where they, they fiddled around with it, and it, it turned out a bit rubbish. But mm. a, any any game, any... any version that stayed... Like reasonably true to the original, with just the flat top down, with the bombs and a few power ups, um, was the best one. Because uh, what I think I got on the a three D version in uh, on the N sixty four, which which was really really bad. Yeah, yeah, most of those but, games on the N sixty four were pretty bad. <laughs> but but the the original and how it was. To start with, I mean, it's uh, I've got it on the PS3 now, Bomberman Ultra, and that right stays on. true to the original, and I, I love it. Um, although there's no single player or anything, it's all multi. Um, I just think it was one of the most simple but fun games I've ever played. Yeah, um, the, the the one for the Game Boy Advance is the one that is actually has a, a JRPG storyline like Final Fantasy, where it was not at all Bomberman. Like it was, it was weird like they had like a whole it was, it was almost like Dragon Quest in the sense that there were all these different things going on and your guy wasn't even a bomber man and I never even finished it I, I just uh, I I enjoyed the multiplayer for it when you would link up the Game Boy Advances through the, the chords I enjoyed that um, but I could just I just could not finish the game for it for the single player it, it was just terrible mm. okay my number three has to... I'm going back to my old... Okay, boys, I'm going way retro, retro on you here. If you say Pong, I'm going to slap you. <laughs> no, I'm going to Graphic 16 here. Oh. Oh. The original okay. Slaughterhouse. The original Slaughterhouse. The original Slaughterhouse. Good show. Good good man. I'm mm. not going to slap you. Not this, not this 3D version of this mass laying on the ground. And he's going, put me on if we will avenge you for her. I will give you so much power. I'm like, no, that didn't happen that way. <laughs> just, yeah. a, just a standard 2D side scroller with a simple flat plastic card that you plugged into the system. And the game booted up. It looked almost like the old Kung Fu or the Super Mar- or or the Super Mario Brothers. No blood coming in. No blood coming up up at you at the screen. No nothing. Now, it was just whack the, the zombies could, out of the way. That was one of the ones that you could actually play in the arcades, right? No, that was for the Neo Geo. Okay. Nint- um, Turbo Graphics 16 was just the home systems. But I'm getting to that though. Okay. Okay. I'm getting to that. Okay. So, we move on to number two? Yep. Two. I'll go first on this one, because since you alluded to it at three. 
my number two favorite game had to be had had to be Magician's Lord for the Neo Geo. Uh, <laughs> I had a feeling you were gonna say that after our conversation last night. It's available right now out on the PS3 for the digital download. I believe it's uh, I think it's six ninety nine over here on our side. I'm not too sure how much it is on the European side. But oh, so it went down in price. Yeah, I think so. Because when it originally came out, it was like $9, and I, I saw that and I was like, as much as I love that game in the arcades, I'm, I am not going to shell out 9 bucks for that game. Yeah, yeah, but then you also have the PS Plus users, which which got most of the Neo Geo games at like 2 bucks off, uh, yeah. which I'm a member of and everything like that, but still, I'm not going to go there. Magician's Lord was the, was the classic side-scroller 64-bit arcade it had it had the stand up arcade in the arcade and if you're lucky enough like me once I had the six hundred dollar system and the two hundred dollar game at home, took my memory card out of my home system, plugged it into the stand up arcade system, put it put in my tokens right here and I could c- continue my home game in the arcade and vice versa. So if my folks ever made me get up and go out to the mall with them to go shopping, I just got a couple bucks from my mom brought my card along with me and walked over to the arcade of what happened to, to, to the arcades anymore. I can't find any, any of them anymore. But I walked over there and played my Magician Lord until they came over and picked me up, saved it where I was, pulled, pulled my card out, went home, plugged it back into my home system, and I just kept on going with it. Now, I got a question for you on the, the whole card in the arcade. Have you ever lost or forgotten a card in one of the machines? No, I very much try not to because Freddie, because forgetting a card in one of those machines was like a sixty dollar investment down the tubes. Yeah, it was yeah, very I was, terrible. I was thinking you were going to say something like that because I, I have a, a friend that absolutely loved arcades and and he would play all the time and he told me that he had ended up losing two or three different of those those memory cards in the machines and I'm like, oh, geez, that's that's oh. Ho, ho, ho. What, this is the same guy who has the. He spent almost six thousand dollars on an anime collection that's all VHS, and he has every single anime that came out in the nineties. I am like, oh, I, yeah. This guy will not pirate anything, which is you know kudos for him. But I don't have the money to shell out for that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Especially not sixty dollars, like you were saying, for a card three, two or three different times. That's just. That makes my wallet cry. That makes my that made mine cry too when I was a little kid. All right, either do you or Bob want to go next? Why don't Bob? You want to go next? Uh, yeah. Uh, number two, are we on? Yeah. Right, number two, it's got to be Goldeneye for the N sixty four. Without doubt. Yeah, it's All one right. of the classic games. Has any if you're gonna say that um, you're gonna play the Goldeneye that came out for the PS two that that reinvention of it I was going to hang up on you oh Rogue Agent no that was awful oh, oh. That, or, that was a horrible horrible game they, they, they just used the, just used the name Goldeneye just to try and cash in unfortunately it worked and I bought it and it was absolutely awful absolutely but, rubbish yeah but Goldeneye for the N64 um, basically got me back into gaming I, I was into gaming uh, when I was younger and then I sort of got out of it for a while and there was a period when I wasn't playing anything and then I played Goldeneye on the N64 around a friend's house and 
that got me right back into it, and it made me buy an N64 and GoldenEye. Oh, you always and do. Fantastic. Was a classic. In, in, in fact, um, I've still got my Nintendo 64 and I've still got GoldenEye because I love it so much. Oh, that was classic. Every, that, every now and then I'll plug it back in and uh, have a quick go on it. That game, no. that game also reminded me of, of a game you see all these crappy movie version games out right now. I mean, the Tron Legacy, the Tron Revolution before that, I've seen the cutscenes for that sucker, and I've seen the jumping, and that and that sucked. I've seen almost any, every, every single time they try to make a movie version of a video game, totally sucked. Now, GoldenEye for the 64 has to be has to be almost in my view in my view here the perfect version of a of a movie into a video game. I have one word for you in terms of movie to game video games that were just awful. Hmm. Wanted. Oh yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, oh, did you ever play that bot? Um I'm trying to think what he was. Uh Wanted was a game that had it wasn't Edward Norton, but it was someone who looked a lot like Edward Norton, and it had Angelina Jolie, and it had Morgan Freeman, and the 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 plot of the movie was that these assassins could bend bullets when they fired it out of the gun by swinging the gun as fast and as hard as they possibly can. Oh yeah. And the the movie, I I, I gave it its literary license for the whole fact of the impossible of bending bullets. Um. All right. Fine. You can have that. But what I absolutely could not abide was for the video game is when they tried to pull it off in the video game and it just didn't work. Yeah. It was... no, I, I didn't really play the video game. I think I played a demo of it. Yeah, the demo the demo on, well, on that, that one. Like an aeroplane or something and you had to get to the front of the plane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that the one? Yeah. That one. Ugh. I but was... then I thought, I thought the film was a load of rubbish as well. The, the film, I... I... I saw it for free because at the time I was working at a movie theater and I was actually the projectionist so I, I could watch the movie for free and I never paid for it but it was one of those movies where if I had paid money for it I would have asked for it back yeah no amount of Angelina Jolie cleavage will, will make a movie good what, what I found nope. hilarious was the um, there's a group of assassins and they get their orders from a loom <laughs> that was the, most, the dumbest thing I'd ever heard in my life Oh, the yeah. threats of fate determine that you must die. <laughs> uh, that was that. That was a, a terrible attempt at trying to to weave, ex, if you'll excuse the pun, out of Greek mythology of the uh, the three fates. Yeah. Ugh. Just terrible. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> um. But um. Moving on to to my number two. Which um, I don't think this should be should be a surprise to anyone uh, is Modern Warfare Two for the PlayStation Three. the The reason why I love this game so much is because, of, firstly, the single player to me is is tight, well rounded. It's probably one of the best first person shooter experiences that I have ever had. Um, uh, the storyline is is one of those storylines where it's like they they took um, an autistic, insane monkey and they said, "Make something crazy." And they did, and it worked. And it was 
just an absolutely amazing storyline to me. Like, it had its plot issues. All right, fine. Um, I, I kind of don't buy how this this general is going to go off, you know, off the deep end because he lost an entire regiment because of a nuclear bomb from the first game. I kind of don't buy that, but I I do think that just that whole storyline where the whole plot twist and, and this is going to be a spoiler so if you have a spoiler uh, soundboard you might as well play it now so but I, I don't think anybody should be spoiled because this game has been out for like uh, two years now okay hold on that's, that's the spoiler go for it <laughs> alright uh, I guess I'll get a platinum trophy for spoiling um, this, this game but when McTavish not McTavish I'm sorry but um um Wow, I can't think of the guy's name. It's Prisoner 627. Huh. Uh, the guy that was in the, the first one. Um... Oh, gosh, help me out. Ugh. Can't help you here. Uh, neither of you played the game? Yeah, I've played it, but I can't think of the names of any of them. The, the guy who um, Soap was, work, worked with in the original one. McTavish. No, it's not McTavish. Soap is McTavish. Anyways, um, if anybody can can help remember, I'm I'm shooting myself in the foot now because I can't remember what it is. But when he he gets into the sub and he launches a nuclear missile at, at America, and you're just sitting there thinking, it's like, well, holy crap! What 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 just happened there? Why is this going on? Why did he just do that? And he set it up for an EMP to to be able to to make the rest of the world not hate America so bad. And um, I, I just thought that was a f- an absolutely fantastic uh, plot twist in, in the entire entire game. That you know, it was just a solid first-person experience. And you know, the other reason why it has to be my number two is simply just of hours logged into the multiplayer. I have, I think, around thirty continuous days of gameplay into that multiplayer. Damn. Yeah. Now, now this is back when the multiplayer was good, when it wasn't rubbish like Treyarch's current game, Black Ops. <laughs> have you traded that one in yet, Bod? Um, I have indeed, yeah. Um, a couple of days ago, I traded it in. Uh, good on you, Bod. Good on you. I am glad I never bought that game. I mean, I, mean, I, I liked it, but I couldn't play with any of my friends. It was pointless. They'd invite me, and it would... I couldn't get in with him and it was like if I wanted to play on my own I could but where's the fun in that yeah it had to go it had to yeah yeah that's unfortunately see this is what annoys me is that Modern Warfare 2 the multiplayer is broken right now because Infinity Ward doesn't exist anymore it's not a company because they're being sued and because of all these litigations they do not have the rights to patch the multiplayer anymore so when people are, are hacking the game and when I mean hacking, I mean, like, they're turning on god modes so that nobody can die, nobody can take any damage, and it, or it's headshots only, or they, they have aim bots, or when you jump, you jump eight, 80 feet in the air, and you don't take any damage when you land. Superman! And, yeah, and they're, they're calling in, like, airstrikes, or what was, what I thought was particularly interesting is this guy had an MP5, and he would shoot the MP5, and the rate of fire of the MP5 was was how fast this guy was shooting but instead of it being mp5 bullets it was the ac 130s 105 millimeter howitzer cannon so just think of a 105 millimeter cannon firing at the same rate of an mp5 
And that's the kind of douchebaggery that just turned me off from the multiplayer. And I'm about to trade that game in, even though I, I love that game to death. Because it, it's it's no longer fun to play the game. Because when I try to go into the play the game, I'm there to, to test my skill. Yeah, see how long you can last without dying. Right. And I've actually gotten really good at quickscoping in that game, where you you scope in with a sniper rifle as fast as you possibly can, and you try to pick someone off before they can shoot you. And I've gotten really good at that. Not as I'm not you know, I'm average, I'm not better than everybody else, I'm not gonna say that. But I'm I'm decent. And when it's to the point where someone's taking an MP the rate of fire of an MP five and instead of being bullets, it's firing a hundred and five millimeter cannon shells. I'm just like, forget it. I don't want to do this anymore. And the the worst part is that the hackers, what they do is once you sign into the game, once you get into the game lobby, they don't let you leave. Like you can leave the game, but you know, say I wanted to play a game of domination where you had to capture three different flags. And I join a game of domination and there's a hacker in there and he's hacking and I leave the game because I realize that there is no point to playing this game. Okay, so I just left that game and now I go back into the game for another game of domination and it brings me right back into that game. Eesh. And that's the kind of bullshit that's like, you know, I, I don't want to do it. I do not want to be subject to people's douchebaggery. I thought of picking up this one and trying it, but now after hearing this, I'm like, mm, no. No, no, there's there's no point. I mean, I mean, if you want to do the multiplayer, do it, you know, with buddies and do a private game. Yeah, so do, that, do like the pri- right. private um, T-Piss games or something like that, you know. Right. I mean, not like anybody plays that game anymore anyways. I've, I've tried. <laughs> yeah. Um, nobody likes that game anymore on the, in the community, but, then you know, that's their choice. But it's... There's no point in playing the multiplayer anymore because everybody's hacking that game. Because they're not patching it anymore. Because Infinity Ward is no longer a company that has the rights to patch it. And Activision doesn't care because Activision just wants to shell out another Call of Duty Black Ops that breaks records. Yep. And, you know, which is which is even more of a travesty is that Infinity Ward has a reason why they can't patch their games. Treyarch doesn't. Treyarch has no excuse for it continuously being broken. After how many months was it, Bob, that you kept that game around? What, two, three months? Uh, yeah. It was uh, November, so two months now, yeah. There is no excuse. There's absolutely none. There's yeah, no excuse it's why they couldn't patch that game. Apparently it's running quite well on the uh, on the Xbox. Well, that's because Activision is an Xbox whore. Yep. Hopefully by hopefully by with you having a Dislon, you got a decent trading price for it, I'm hoping at least. Um yeah, not too bad actually. I paid forty five for it. Um great British pound. Uh and I traded it I got thirty three when I traded it in. That's actually good. That, that's not bad, yeah. Mm mm. That's not bad at all. That's what, a uh, almost fifteen percent uh loss of value. Uh yeah, something. <laughs> yeah. I can't do the math that quickly. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Okay. And ending this sucker out out. End at number one. You want to take number one first, Bod? Yeah, okay. My number one is actually the follow-up to GoldenEye. Perfect Dark on the Nintendo 64. 
yes. Where they, they couldn't use James Bond anymore, so they basically created their own story uh, with all their new characters. Joanna uh, Dark. was a girl. Yeah, and they, they took basically what made GoldenEye great and just improved on it. Joanna Dark. <laughs> and and that game was so much fun. It was awesome. Uh, you could, it was like probably the first game I ever had that where you could actually have bots. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, that is a first game. Yeah. And then what happened after that was uh, uh, Microsoft got their filthy paws on the creators, uh, the the company that made it called Rare, Rare. Um, and they made it oh, Xbox. <laughs> And they made Perfect Dark Zero, which was a massive pile of crap. <sighs> no, I, I'm why not a they, fan of Microsoft. Why do they do that? Why do companies do that sometimes with most games? I mean, to tell you, you got a perfect game that's out right now. Everybody, everybody loved this. Lo- loved this game. I mean, I mean, not getting off the list anymore like this, but but I have, but I have to right now just to say this right here: the infamous title for the PlayStation Three. Okay. When I heard that Infamous 2 was coming out, first off, first off, the ice powers, yes, I can see Cole getting a new power for the thing, yes, and everything like that. But when you trade off Cole for a brand new guy, and everybody's like, I, no, don't do that, or we're not going to even buy this game, even if you do this. And then they bring Cole back. Well, it, it, it was always going to be cold, but they, they, they changed his look for some reason, and then people complained, and they changed it back again. Yeah. I don't understand that most times, why most game companies have to do that, you know? Um, well, I, I actually read something somewhere that uh, they originally made coal bald because their graphics wasn't good enough to recreate hair in a decent way, so that's why they made him bald. They couldn't produce hair? Yeah, apparently their their uh, attempt at hair was like really bad, so they made it bald. And I'm then, sorry, uh, but even NES games had hair. <laughs> yep. Yep. Frack. I don't understand sometimes. Okay. You want me to go, or you want to go? You know, what? I think um, I'm gonna go, and if you'll let me take some license here to and some some liberty, um, I'd like to do just. Just one of my runner-ups because I think it needs an honorary mention. Okay, oh, but if you do and that one, I gotta give Bod an honorary mention too. Oh, okay. Um, you want to so go first, Bod? Then? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Well, go ahead and think about one. We 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 won't rush you here. All right. Well, my honorary mention is um, Condemned to Bloodshot for the PS3. You guys ever played that game? The one cover of the eye and the guy who's looking through the door, door or something or other. Mm-hmm. No. That game is. It is probably one of the most underrated games of all time. Um, you can probably pick it up for Bob. You could probably pick it up for a fiver, and over here we could probably pick it up for seven or eight dollars. Um, and it is, it is one of the best worst games out there. And the reason why I say it's a, wor- a bad game is because the developers did a terrible storyline for it. The storyline is just absolute shit. But the, the gameplay itself is one of the most vicious, brutal, 
just realistic, actual combat fighting that I have ever seen. And that is why it has to be honorary mention for me, is because simply because of the gameplay in that, where the violence is real in that game. Like, the things that, that, that make it where, you know, the, the, how people react to certain things and how they're going to do things, like the, the scare factors, like they'll hide behind light so that you can't see and then attack you, or where if you hit them in the knees, they go down almost immediately, and then they're lying on the ground because you just broke their kneecap. And it just, you know, as, as someone who is not necessarily a, a violence extraordinaire, but someone who takes into account with video games the realism of, of how things actually work for violence, that has to be, you know, an honorary mention, honorary mention from me because it was just, it, it did it right. It, it did it well in terms of, of how the violence is supposed to be. So that that's you know that's why my, it's my honor I mentioned it. It's not the reason why it's not my on my list is because of like I said the t- the story was terrible for it. Um, the graphics were amazing. I've I've the only game that I have played that has better graphics than Condemned Two was Uncharted Two. Okay. Are we let you think enough for bad. Um. Yeah, I think I've got one. Okay. And I'm going with, for my honorary mention, Little Big Planet. Aha! Now, a lot lot of people write off Little Big Planet as a a kid's game, but um, I I loved it. I got really addicted to it. And I think think the gameplay's fun, Um, and there's loads to do. I mean, once you've completed the story, that's probably... One of one of the one of the best games for for having community levels um, where people have just made so many different levels that even when you've completed the story 100, percent you can you can just play community levels for so much more many more hours of entertainment. And do you still have that game? Um, I do. Yes. Um, but, I'm gonna have to get with you and and maybe we can join up in a game together because I still haven't completed the story on that. In fact, I'm only in the uh, the Mexican world. So I'm only on like the third world. No, you're still with the wedding. No, I've gotten past the wedding. Um, it's where he goes into the, the um, all the skeleton areas and it's all dark and you have to do all that kind of thing. But it's, that's... Oh, okay. I, I just, I haven't finished the game because I got caught up in Modern Warfare 2 and... I, I never finished the game because th- it was absolutely fun. Bod is right; the gameplay is fun, but I just—I'm not a huge platformer gamer. Well, I'm not really, but uh, I mean that one just made it so so much fun. Uh, yeah, I, I have to agree that that's they—they they did it right. They—they they did it well, and that's why when Little Two, Big Planet Two came out, I was like, I read a, um, an article. Um, this was at least a year ago. And they were saying, why should we do a Little Big Planet 2? I mean, we can just put out more content for Little Big Planet. There's no need to do Little Big Planet 2. We've already done everything we wanted to do with it. But um, I guess they changed their minds because they needed more money. Well, I, actually, I mean, the uh, the second one, they have actually um, found so much more they can do with it. Yeah, with um, the sequences? Well, well, the, the, the way they've done it—I mean, I don't fully understand it—but what they've added to it, 
has made so many more things possible that yeah. you couldn't have possibly done added to the original game. Yeah, out of what I've seen from the... I've been recently, I know everybody hates it here, but I've been in PlayStation Home here, and they've had in one of the movie theaters, they've had the guys from Media Mo- Molecule come over there, and I've seen the voice sequencer that you have to where when you plug up a microphone, you can actually have your, your characters and your levels talking to you, and then they have the musical sequencer to where you can make like your own very own soundtrack for, for, for your community levels, and you can also do your top-down shooters, you can do a racer, you can do all all these little games inside your in, inside your major level. Now, now I got a question for you, Bob. Yep. Um, little Big Planet Two is made by Media Molecule. Yep. Media Mo- Molecule is um, a UK-based game company. Yep. Why are you guys getting shafted and getting it last? <laughs> I have no idea. I know that too. Be more money to be made in America. Well, I mean, they're sending it to Australia first before you guys. No, I, I, I don't understand it. I, don't, I imagine it's it's more the uh, more the publishers. Uh, I don't believe ideas that. rather than the developers. I just think that's that's kind of a silly thing because I mean I think that they should do it like almost where they have in Japan, where a game will come out in Japan and we won't see it for another six months to a year. Yeah, I mean, it is a little bit annoying, but uh, I can't really do anything about it, although I have pre-ordered it. <laughs> You'll just have to take one on the chin, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's only a few days, I think. Is your beta still open over there for it, th- that you can play that before it comes out, or did they close the beta already? Um, I haven't actually played the beta for a while, but when, uh, when I was playing it, I had a look... Um, and you go to the information, and there was no end date for the beta. So whether whether they've since added a, an end date for it or not, I don't know. But obviously, It'll, once once, it, once the game thing. comes out, you won't need the beta anyway, will you? Yeah. No. They'll probably do the same thing they did for DC Universe Online, where the beta was open for you know a very long time, and then I think it was like less than a week. Before yeah, that week right before. Uh-oh. Did I kill here? He's gone quiet. I know. <laughs> and he's gone. <laughs> oh, crap. Okay. He, well, he was on his iPhone. We probably lost him. He'll, pro- he'll, he'll hopefully call me back, which is a good thing. But still, um... My number one game has to be I'm with you in the rare in the rare quotient right here. I don't know if you ever had this for your for your Nintendo 64, but the old fighting game Killer Instinct Gold. Uh, no, I didn't actually. Oh, that was my favorite game of them all. Great God. You could go out to the arcade, and you could look at the arcade. You could have an arcade cabinet standing standing right next to you. Have the arcade cabinet here, and have your Nintendo 64 sitting, um, um, sitting right next to it. And oh my God, the graphics between the two—you could you could not tell you could not you could not tell the difference between the two. You had Glacius, you had Jago, you had you had Orchid, you had Maya, you had Tusk, you had you had Idol, you had um, Gargos was the was the gar- was the gar- gargoyle boss, and you had um, 
I forget the name of the robot right now, but he was cool too. But the combos you can do in that sucker was amazing. Oh, here we go. His internet died. And then that game was made by Rare, was it? Yes. Yes, the right. first the first one and the second one. They released this they re they released the first killer instinct for the Nintendo for the um for the regular Super Nintendo and that wasn't a black cartridge. The Killer Instinct Gold came out. I believe that one was either in a gold was either in a flat black cartridge or it was in a gold cartridge. But out of all my fighting games, God that was my favorite. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And this is your honorary mention, or is this your number one? That's my number one. Okay. Sorry, I um, my internet decided to take a dive for me one second. I, I apologize for that. That's okay. My honorary mention has to go back to my Super Nintendo days of playing Shadowrun. Oh. Yeah. And yeah, of course... And of course, they took a little bit literary license here. They didn't use the actual. It was Shadowrun is a tabletop RPG where you use dice in a character sheet. They decided to run with the with the book series for the video game. Okay. Where they combined a magic user and a computer user all all together, of where you wouldn't be able to combine the two because your magic stats were very low and your and your hacking was very high. Or your hacking was very high, and then your magic was 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 very low because of all the cyberware that you had inside of your inside of yourself. But man, Whew. talk about an action RPG! Yeah, that that probably was um, one of the better selling ones too for the NES, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. All right, so did um, did Bob do you, you do your number one, or do you want me to go first? Yeah, I've done my number one. Yeah, you've oh, done. Sorry. Yeah, we're done. Oh. <laughs> well, I didn't get to say my number one. That's sad. All right, go then. Um, my number one. Is yeah, because actually... you were doing your. I think you were doing your honorary mention, and then you killed. Yeah. Um, my number one is Fallout Three Game of the Year for the PS3. Oh. Of course, bud. Of course, bud. I think you've probably played this one, right? Oh, actually, I haven't. What? What? Yes, so, sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I saw I saw Murray playing it. And, uh, it just looked so immense, so big, um, and I didn't really have the time. Oh, you've got to go back to it, bud. Trust me, you you have to go back to it. But do yourself a favor. Don't get the just the regular follow through. You have to get the game of the year edition. You have to. Well, that, that, that game seemed massive enough, like, originally, but I imagine the, the Game of the Year edition's got a lot of add-ons as well, has it? It has five add-ons. Yeah. Jesus. And I think the add-ons are um, Broken Steel, The Pit, um, Oper- Operation Anchorage, Operation Anchorage, um, Mothership point, Zeta, and, and Point Lookout. Point Lookout. Yep. Yeah. And just, if... The reason why I say don't get the Game of the Year edition is because the Game of the Year edition has it raises your level cap if you because you have broken steel it raises your level cap from twenty to thirty, which makes it that much more fun to play. And the other reason 
why you should get the Game of the Year edition is because the ending for the original. Um, you want to want to pull up a spoiler here real quick? No, hold on. Okay, the spoiler for the the regular game is you you go through the entire game and you get to the very last part and then you die. It just it just ends and it's like wait what? And so it it Doesn't kind continue. of makes the game unplayable. Um, once you beat the, that last one, so if you like, you go through and you're trying to get the platinum for the game, and you beat the game, and you're you're just going through it because you think, okay, well, I can, I don't have to do all these side missions because I'll just do the main quest and get it finished with. You can't. Because you're dead. Because you're dead. You can't. There's no. Once you finish the storyline, you can't go back into the open world. Nope. And that's why it's it's a waste of time to just just get the regular game of the game. But even that aside, just the game of the edition right now, like I picked it up for I think fifty dollars, um, and I traded in games to get it, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But that game just oh I I I spent so much time playing that game, just getting my 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 guy up and. I got the T-51B armor, and I got the T-51B winterized because of Operation Anchorage, and I would just walk around poning the crap out of every living thing I could find. Finding all the guns. Oh, yeah. They, like, the, um, the experimental Merv. Mm. Now, question. Delicious destruction. Now, question with that one. Right. Good side, bad side, or neutral? That's actually quite interesting. Um... What I ended up doing was I played through 75% of the game um, as a good, and this is including the Broken Steel, so I played through 75% of that game through the good parts, and then I got to level 30, and I was like, wait a minute, why didn't I get the good trophy? And I realized that from level 25 to level 30, because I had been looting so many things and stealing so many things... And I hadn't been trying ch- checking on my karma because I was like, oh, okay, well, it's only one point against my, my karma. It doesn't really that, matter that much. But I had been lockpicking so many things and just going through so many things to get all the guns that I ended up getting a neutral karma. Uh... So now I need to, in order for me to get the platinum, I have to go through and play through neutral through 75% and then good for the, the, the last 25 and then a third playthrough as just evil. Yeah, I tell you one thing, bud. With this one right here, I'm going to hit that button again. One of my favorite things to do in that game is that you go to a town by the name of Megaton. (laughs) There's this lady in there. I forget her name, but she's the most annoying... Moira Brown. Yeah, Moira Brown is the most annoying person ever. And you're trying to make this book for her to help her to help all the rest of the people survive in the wasteland. The wasteland survival guide. Yep, I got so annoyed with her. There's a man in there by the name of Mr. Burke. <laughs> and I took the bad side here. He gave me a pulse. He gave me a pulse neutron charge, but there's a live there's a live atomic bomb sitting in the middle of the town. That's why it's called Megaton. Guess what I did? You blew the crap out of Megaton. 
And you probably blew the crap out of Megaton to get rid of Moira Brown, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, from Tenpenny Tower. Mm-hmm. I just, what, I just what did happens? that. I just did that to get rid of her. <laughs> but wait, there's more. I did that to get rid of her, and I'm walking around the wasteland, and then I'm getting the fervent of the people, the sheriff from the town. He's coming at me in his western and in his jacket, halfway looking like a ghoul, shooting his butt off at me. I thought you were going to mention how you were uh, disappointed with the fact that after you, you used the bomb in, um, in Megaton, that Moira Brown survives as a ghoul. No. I went on a mission after the town blew up right here. I went I went by over there with the radiation su- suit right here, and I made sure. And, and and then when one of the other town members came up running up to me, and then she said, and then she said, "Oh, you did such a, you did such a travesty to our town. At least at least our friend Moira Brown was able to evacuate most of our people over to such and such." I capped her. I capped her in the head. I I capped that lady that told me right right in the head, and I went over to that town and I said, "Take this for fucking living." Went in the vats. Went in the vats. Had the bloody mess perk. Right, my gun right up, right up to her head. I had a hundred percent to hit, and I unloaded a whole clip of the shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> oh. God, that was satisfying just watching her head explode, watching the eyes go all over, watching watching the brain just go, watching the body just flop right right to the ground. Explode into tiny little pieces. Yeah. Do, do you end up being bad after nuking a whole town? <laughs> you can change your karma if you really want to. It's, um, your karma you could... goes down to despotic evil after that. Yeah, that's kind of the point of no return when you when you blow up a town. I got even more pe- I got even more pissed off after that. After that here, I went through I went through the I got into the I killed off everybody in the bunker for the for the Operation Anchorage. Oh. Hacked into the armory without even going through the Operation Anchorage thing. Well, I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. I got the Chinese stealth, stealth suit, and I got Zhang Wei's shock sword. Yeah, that's how you got to do it. I hit the button for for Rivet City, and I went through the entire Rivet City. <laughs> Just messing them up. No, with the stealth with the with the stealth suit on. You're just like uh, assassinating people from behind with the uh, Zhang Wei's shock, uh, shock, shock sword. sword. Yeah. <laughs> I took the entire ship out. Oh, did you did you go through the um, the broken half and and kill the guy that was in there too? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's funny though is that after seventy two hours, they all come back unless they're major key players. Yeah, yeah. Which really pissed me off about that. Um, except for Harkness. Harkness is you can't kill. I tried killing him about three or four times. He kept on getting me every single damn night. But Bod, yeah. Yeah, Fallout 3 is one of those games you make it what you want to make it. But I'd say that if I had plenty of time and plenty of money, then I probably would have played it already. Um, The trouble is, uh, because I don't have the time and the money to play as many games as I'd like, I I have to select the ones I want to play more. 
<laughs> and I mean, there, there might be a, a, a time in the future when there's a when there's a you know a big gap when there's a big point. games coming out where I've probably got nothing else to play with. And, and then I'll then I'll go back and find one of these these games that people have raved about and probably give it a go. But no, at the that, moment, that that game is a must must play. If you want a PS3, you have to play that game. Right, and if you if you don't, um, then you're SOL. <laughs> All right. Amen on that one. <laughs> but out of one thing, out of that whole thing, bud, um, the um, F- Fallout New Vegas, I would have to be saying avoid that one right now. Yeah, Ugh. I I haven't even played the game, and I've heard about the the bugs in the game where the there's a quest in that game where if you if you get a hat from a specific person, um, and you do a quest and you you answer a specific question in the specific way, you, the game will crash every single time you try to take this hat off. And there's only yeah. two of these hats in the entire game, so if you're wearing this hat and the hat will take damage and finally break you can't play the game well, um, at all? At, well you can play the game but you, you can't go into the Vegas Strip and the Vegas Strip is the entire storyline yep like you can't do anything in the Vegas Strip because every single time you go into the Vegas Strip the game crashes right but that game's been out for a while now Did, have they not patched it yet I I, I think that game has so many bugs and just crappy issues with it right now that I would just avoid it as much as possible. They were really pushing through with that game. The, you you would be thinking that Bethesda Software would would have been the one in in control of it since they made the since they made the their groundwork for the first one. Uh uh-uh. uh. You're talking the people who made um, Alpha Protocol, Obsid- um, Obs- Obsidian Entertainment. Sure. And those guys pan. Though those guys can't 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 patch crap for shit. Well, the other problem is is that oh god, basically they didn't change the engine for Fallout Three. Like they used the same engine from Fallout Three, which was buggy enough as it is. Yep. And they they took that engine and they just added more on top of it, as opposed to going back and through and redoing the engine, which is what you should do for a game. Mm-hmm. You you should not rely on the same engine twice. If it's not broken, I think you should still try to fix it. Of what I would say, you know. Well, that's the problem is that the engine for Fallout Three was broken because it would crash all the time. Okay. Um, because well, because when I was playing through Fallout Three, there were several times when it's like, you know, I knew for a fact that if I went through this area, I would have to save every five minutes because the game would crash. Yep. And of I'm, course, that didn't help because I I took advantage of the um, the duplication glitch for shops and merchants. Oh yeah, that glitch! Oh god. Where basically, if you have say a combat shotgun, and the store has a combat shotgun that you can purchase, you sell them your combat shotgun, and then just keep buying back the two different shotguns, and it'll glitch the game out and then make the shotgun have 100% durability. So what you can do is because when you have the shotgun at 100% durability, it can be sold for a lot more money. A lot more camps than than, than than one with like 5 or 10%. Right. And so, but the glitch is, is that when you sold it back to the store, 
it would go back to its original durability. So you could buy the shotgun at 100%, um, but when you bought it from them, it would have like 5%. So you paid for, you know, like five caps for a, an almost broken combat shotgun. But when it appeared in your inventory, it had 100%, and you could sell it back for 170 caps. And so you could basically cheat the merchants out of their own money. Which was always a bonus. Yeah, because who cares about the merchants? They get free money every three days. Yep. Okay. The end of the top five is now. I would like to do two other things on this podcast tonight, which I have the... Fire Vader's Video Game Review. Now, Bot, I have to ask you, before I start with this review right here, I know that I've played it, and I know that Lupin has played it right here. Have you played Dead Nation? Um, no, I haven't. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess you're going to be sitting back listening to this one. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, Lupin. That beginning of that game. Uh, the intro? Yeah. Yeah. Worth the price of the admission. Um, see, the thing that that the introduction to the game itself is is bought since you haven't played the game is it's a it's a live action introduction, and they take video clips from you know certain things that they found of like riots in the city and uh, and cities and all of these other things, and basically it's telling you the story of how it's been a year or three years since the outbreak started and the world has gone to shit. Everybody's a zombie. There's no survivors. And the only reason why you're a survivor is because you're immune to the virus. Do they explain how you're immune to it? No. Mm-mm. In fact, that's, that's one that, of the, the, that's one of the that, bad points of the game, I think, right now. Well, see, they, they state it blatantly. They says, I don't know why I'm immune, but I am. But just in case I'm, I, the, the virus mutates, I have a cyanide capsule. And if, they ever, if I ever start to feel like I'm going down... I will not give them the opportunity to turn me. I'll kill myself with the cyanide capsule. And so the the introduction to the game is is very it's it's live action like I said and then it's it's very shaky cam if if you understand that term. Um it's it's like the Bourne movies where it it will it could make you nauseous if it, it was longer than what it was because oh, there's yeah. so much going on. But it's it's only about what would you say a minute and a half? Yeah, a minute and a half, two minutes, about that. Yeah. So it it's a it's a very good introduction in the sense that it's it's live action. Um, it's very reminiscent of um, Red Alert or and was it Red Alert? Yeah, conf, um, Command and Conquer Red, Red Alert. Right, where they have everything live action, and when you start playing the game, they. There's an introduction to each mission, and the introduction to each mission is not live action. It's actually almost like a a comic book style, where they have a specific slide that. One second. Yeah, it's not. They have a specific slide. I'm sorry. Okay. That, um, where it's you're looking at this one part of the screen, and there are things moving around in the screen, like um, you'll have dust particles floating around, or You'll see a hand that is is falling off of a zombie's arm, and and these sorts of things. So it gives it's kind of like a mix between Infamous's cut screens, where it's it's very, it's comic book reminiscent, but it's not quite there. Um, and that's just for the the introduction. But one of the reasons why I absolutely adore this game is simply for the 
the gameplay itself. And Vader, you've you've played a little bit of the game. What do you what do you think of the gameplay so far? And you're on what the third mission now? Yeah, third mission. I'm loving it. The um the upgrade system for the guns is is actually really really decent. There's a couple points in between the games here where you're going up we go up to a weapon shop and you have your chance right here right here to either buy a new weapon or upgrade the weapons that you have right now. Right now I'm just up to the shotgun. Yeah, the um and you have um your base weapon which is it's a rifle and it has a laser sight on it. And you can do what's called a power shot for the rifle and what it does is you hold down the R1 button and what it'll do is it'll charge the shot up so that it's basically like because it's a, a, a top-down shooter, there's really no way for you to get a quote-unquote headshot on the zombie, except for this way of power shooting, where you do the power shot, and the guy takes a little bit more time to aim, and it will shoot the head of the zombie. But the other good thing about the power shot is that the power shot also will be able to go through more than one zombie. So if you have a cluster of zombies in front of you, what you can then do is you can use the power shot and if they all end up in a corridor, you can punch through... I've punched through at least 20 zombies at one time with one shot. And it's an instant kill. So I, that's, I think amazing. that's a, a very good feature to the game. But And the rifle has... What I love about the rifle is that it has unlimited ammunition. Yeah. So you can just start blasting and firing away, and you'll never worry about ammunition. Which is good, because there are times in the game where it's... If you didn't have unlimited ammunition, you would die. You would die horribly. Because the, the other guns that you purchase have... You have to upgrade how much ammunition you can carry in one, at one time. Which, you know, for the shotgun specifically, when you first buy the shotgun, you only have 12 rounds for the shotgun. Yep. And you can only carry in the clip 6 rounds. So you only have six rounds before you have to reload and then you have that other clip and then you're done and then you can't do anything else um, with a shotgun which is is terrifying because most zombie games have the shotgun in it and the shotgun is your ultimate get away from me you, you flesh eating zombie yep. it, it'll get them off of you unfortunately the, the shotgun has a slow rate of fire um, it takes forever to reload and you can't carry that much ammunition. Even when you fully max out the shotgun, you can only carry around 40 shells, which is very unfortunate. Um, but the on the other side of the coin, you have the SMG, which has the highest rate of fire of any gun I've ever seen. It, it's when you upgrade the it, when you have an SMG fully upgraded, you have 130 rounds in the clip, and you fire so fast when you have the full rate of fire that you will go through 130 rounds of the SMG in about 5 seconds. Yep. About what about what I think the rate of that about, about what I think the rate, rate of that gun is supposed to be at its fully at, at its fully uploaded thing. Of what of what I think of this game um Bod, have you played um Super Stardust HD? Um yeah, I've had a couple of goes on it. That's what that's what this game is like, but you're not going around the planet. So it's like the two stick control system, is it? Yeah. You move around with one and then aim and shoot with the other. Yeah. 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 It's it's a twin stick shooter, and and in fact, it's it's funny that you should mention Super Stardust HD, because the developer for Super Stardust HD is Housemark, and they're the same exact people who developed uh, Dead Nation. Yeah. Um. But. 
one of the, the, the things that I love about the nation so much is, is you haven't probably haven't experienced them so much, but the, uh, the special zombies. Have you have you run into many of them yet at the third level? Uh, the second level had the big fat guys running toward me. The bombies, yeah. Yeah, they took forever to to, to die, and um, I'm and I'm backing oh. up and backing up and firing and firing and firing, and I'm like, "Come on, you motherfucker, die, 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 die!" And then it explodes in this big gigantic thing of thing of guts and gore and goo on the floor, and I'm like, "That dude just did that? What the hell?" Yeah, he he's a he's a kamikaze zombie where he'll run towards you and he will explode if he gets close enough to you. And actually, the the best way to deal with those guys is to to let them get close to you and then dash because when you dash, uh, you're invincible for the amount of time that you're dashing. So you can't take any damage. So what I do is I will back up a little bit, let him get close, and then dash towards him so that it triggers him to explode right at the peak of my invincibility. So I don't take any damage, and I've gotten rid of a boss, or a special zombie. Okay. Now, in the the third one, um, have you come across the jumpers yet? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they've been calling me as, I, as, as I've been trying trying to get to, to the police station. My favorite thing to do out of, the, out of that whole game is to take, there's all these cars, there's all these cars around there, and when you start shooting one, like, two or three times right here, the alarm starts going off. And it attracts all the zombies. Yep. So it's a good way to, to get the zomb- a zombie horde off your back so you can deal with one of the, the bigger zombies that don't necessarily get distracted by the uh, car alarm. Yeah, but then and I mostly just take the car alarm, the zombie, the the car that's going off right here, and I power shot that car, the car which causes that car car to explode, explode right here, which causes all the zombies around it to to explode also. Yeah, and and the other thing is is that there's there's another boss that you should have come across yet, and that's the uh, the screechers. No, I haven't seen them yet. Well, you you had to have. They're, they're in the second. Um, they they they're in the second uh, level and they're also in the third level. Hmm. If I have, I didn't know what they were. Well, they well they basically they're these big like um, you know the ogre from Resident Evil. Okay. Four. Uh, they look kind of like that where they they kind of actually it, it, a better explanation. Would where be, they got their arms up and they're coming at you screaming. No, they what they do is they they scream and they they call in a horde of um, zombies. And every single time they scream, they call in another horde. Oh if, yeah, yeah. And and if you shoot them, if you hit them um, with your rifle or anything, before they finish screaming or before once they start screaming, they can't call in a horde. But the other problem is, is that um, they normally come when there's already a zombie horde coming. So you'll get swarmed by a horde, and you're like, "Oh crap! Get off me! Get off me! Get off me!" And you're, and you're throwing your flares and your grenades and your mines to get them off of you, and then they start screaming. And so, like, oh crap! Now I got to deal with another horde before I can start shooting these guys. And so, it gets to be a real pain in the ass sometimes when you're trying to kill these these screamers because they just they will not die um, when you're trying to deal with a horde. And it just it becomes such a pain in the ass. Yeah, and those guys normally end up start coming after you right near, right almost. You're right near like the end, the end, the end, end, end of the level, mm-hmm. and you've got to like clear out the level and everything. Yeah, because they, they have these things um, where the gates, you'll have to get through a gate, and the gate will not open until you've killed all the zombies. 
And so you have to kill those creatures. Otherwise, you'll just you'll never be able to, to win because they just keep calling in more and more zombies. And it, it just gets to, to be so, so, so very acid. And another thing also, Bod, right here, I think you would like about, about this game right here is that when you're playing it and when you're online right here, the zombies that you kill in your game goes to a total of the zombies killed killed your in your in, entire country. Yeah, I'd heard that. Yeah, so it's like a leaderboard. I think we're we're at like eighteen percent. I think you guys are at like six percent over there. Well, we're on. We might be eighteen percent, but we're on the twentieth virus cycle. Yeah. And we've killed over almost five hundred million zombies in America. Would it, would it not annoy you if you're killing all these zombies, um, but then you'd go to the leaderboard and your country would be like quite low on the list, and you'd think, well, you know, I'm doing my part, but everyone else, you know, is, is not doing what they should be doing. Well, would, it's would funny you, you should be disappointed. That. Uh, yeah, it's funny you should mention that because one of the problems that I noticed right away when I started playing this game is that. America was in third behind Finland and Poland um, in terms of, of virus cycle, as in how what percent and what virus cycle that we're on. And I did some research on it, and it's the um, I looked up an article, and it said that the developers, Housemark, had said that they're they are not going to reward bigger countries that have higher populations and have higher populations of PS3s for zombies killed so even though America at the time had five times literally five times the amount of kills of zombie kills than Finland and Poland it was still behind them because they had a a janky um, system of determining the virus cycle Uh, so so do you know how they work it out then? they had to have changed it because all of a sudden America was at number one and we were on the 20 we're like on the 20th fire cycle yeah 20th or 21st I think I saw today yeah um, and it's it's you know the the next runner up is I think it's UK it is the UK UK is second runner up the 10th or 13th yeah fire cycle so it's it can definitely it was definitely aggravating for me when it's like when you get into the later the, the, the very last level has in order to for you to complete the level you have to you have to kill 2400 zombies in that entire level oh boy and the first level that you play you kill 400 zombies oh boy so there is a huge difference between the first level and the last level and what I would do is it, I would try to, to boost the American score and so what I would do is I'd go through on brain dead level of difficulty to the very last level and I'd play the last level three, four times in a row and I'd get you know 10 kills 10,000 10, kills in a day and we would still still be behind France and Poland it's like okay that's just kind of BS I don't, I don't buy that yeah, I, th- I think that would annoy me because um, obviously I've got Dead Rising 2 uh, and there's a trophy which I have for killing 72,000 zombies in one playthrough um, which took a while but I've got I've got my own name on the scoreboard it's like if I if it was all joined together with all these other people who were who were rubbish it would get lost in the middle somewhere and I don't think I, I think that would annoy me well, see, on 
there's another reason I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it is that the amount of zombies that you kill have almost no relation to your score on the leaderboard. For your rubbish too. So how has it worked out? It's worked out with your your score for killing zombies. Like you get a certain amount of points for killing zombies, and you get a certain amount of points for finishing the level um, and doing certain things like finding all the loot in a mission or. Um, Getting out there under the, under un, under the time with which you think you're of which they think you're supposed to get out the level. And then there's a multiplier for points that that you know, um, you 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 build up your multiplier by killing zombies without getting hit by zombies. So the more zombies you kill without getting hit, the higher your multiplier. And when I was I told you I was playing on brain dead level of difficulty and I had to kill two thousand odd zombies. I had a multiplier of 1,400 just, just for the multiplier and on for the very last level. And I would still have a lower score than Phobia and King Bowser and King of Stars and Pantera Down 2 when I know for a fact that they have not even completed, gotten a platinum trophy for this game. Yeah, of which Pantera Down 2 was telling us he was in the beta for it and everything like that, and I would be thinking this would be the first game he would, he, he would want a platinum. And, you know, I have the platinum for this game, and one of the platinums to get this game is to kill 53,720 zombies. And yeah, that's, that's not a lot of deadheads. That's a nod to Dead Rising. I'm sure it is. They, they call it genocidery, is the trophy. And. Uh, th- this game is they've b- taken a lot of things from the different games of zombie games like almost all of the bosses in in Dead Nation is a nod to Left 4 Dead because you have the, the bombies which will run towards you and explode which is exactly what the boomers did and then you have the jumpers which is you know kind of like what the um, the hunters would do and you have all these other bosses and they even have their own version of the tank, which I'm not going to get into because um, uh, you'll actually run into them on the very next level, um, Vader. Oh boy! And it's one of those those zombies that you will die ten times before you figure out how to kill them. Oh God, Lord! I don't know. I don't even know if I want to get to this fourth level now. Oh God! And I, the reason why the multiplier, and I've figured out the reason why, um, even though my score is, I know for a fact, is higher than, or should be higher than Pantera Down 2 or Phobias or King Bowser, because I would spend day after day after day playing this game. Um, but the problem that I noticed is that I was not doing the solo campaign. I was doing a start mission. And your score is determined from the solo campaign mission after mission after mission. Oh, so I am doing it right then. Yeah, if you do the solo campaign, I guarantee you, you will have a higher score, because I have beaten this game five times, but I have not beaten it by myself. Oh, you've always gone through the co-op missions. I've done all of the online co-op missions. Okay. And my online score is higher than... King Bowser's and Pintera Down 2, but that score is not taken into your personal score on the leaderboard. 
It's your solo campaign that's taken on the leaderboard. And that's something that really annoys me. It should be a collective score that you get. Yeesh. But anywho, it's worth it. Uh, yeah, it is. It it is definitely worth the fifteen dollars to me. I'm I'm very glad I spent the money for it. It's very much worth it. I think. Oh God, oh. that game. That game of what I've told everybody of what I of when I first started playing it right here. That game is serious crack. It it's very addictive. It, it's it's hard to to step away from the game sometimes, and it, it I say that because it's it's you want to be able to finish this level. You want to be able to, to get it because there are times when they have certain checkpoints where you're like, you just barely managed to get to the checkpoint. Like, you had to run, dash, dodge from all these zombies and you could not kill them. You couldn't. You could not kill them on your own. So you just had to run away from them and get to the checkpoint. And get to that full life up and get to the weapon shop quick right here so you can find out what the hell weapon you have to upgrade enough right here in order to get past the next one, in order to get up to the next checkpoint. Right, and that's one of the things that I've noticed is that if you spread your money out um, amongst the other weapons, you will die more than if you have one weapon that's fully upgraded. And that's what I've been doing so far. I got that first. I got that first trophy for upgrading, for upgrading a single weapon. And I took that rifle, and I just and I just decided, okay, okay, you're getting all the way first off. I don't care about any of these other weapons right here. You're you're my number one. You don't have any. You you don't have any ammo restrictions to yourself. You're the first one getting upgraded. Right, and and that's one of the good things about the rifle. But unfortunately, your rifle kind of becomes moot later on in the game. Because there are zombies that will not die from the rifle itself. You you can't kill them. Oh. Now, you will be fine, Vader, because you're playing it on Brain Dead, which is the easiest level of difficulty. <sighs> but you play through on Grim or Morbid, and you need you need to have the other weapons. Oh. And so what I've found is that. What I do is I buy every single weapon I get as soon as I'm capable of purchasing it, but I do not upgrade it unless I need it. Like the blade cannon, yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, it goes through a lot of zombies. It's basically a better version of the power shot, but it has it takes a really long time to reload. It does absolutely nothing against the big zombies, like the jumpers or the screamers or the, or the bombies or anything like that, but it does get rid of the horde. And if you throw a flare and attract all the horde to the flare, and then you pull out your blade cannon, that is absolutely lethal against the zombies. Unfortunately, the grenade launcher is a much better purchase, because the grenade launcher will destroy all of the bosses. Hmm. So you kind of have to pick and choose, but what I do is I will go through every single time that I'm capable of purchasing a weapon... I buy it as soon as I can. And I don't upgrade it unless I need to. Like, I don't upgrade this SMG, I upgrade the shotgun. I don't upgrade the flamethrower, I upgrade the, um, the shocker. Okay. Yeah, that game, but as soon as you're able to, I would pick the sucker up. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll definitely look into it, um, there's a few games coming out very soon that's going to take most of my time. Like Little Big Planet 2? 
uh, and Dead Space 2. Ooh. I, I, I still have to play Dead Space. I, I'm looking forward to that game. It's an excellent game. Um, Here, I'm going to hit the button again. Where's my button? Okay, Bot. Now, I have to ask you on this one because you played through, through the whole first one, right? Of Dead Space? Yeah. Yes. Did you find the um, the area where you walked into where you had to turn on the computer and then the device started spinning in that room? Right, between Dead Space 1 or 2? Dead, um, Dead Space 1. Mm, I'm trying to think, it's been a while. Or it's the, not, not the first level, but the third level and the engineering level. Which right after where where once you activate like this, it's a, I believe it's a, it's a centripetal thing in the middle of the room right here. All the oxygen goes out of the room. Oh right, yeah. And then you're trying to beat that thing around the room in order to get into the next crevice before it comes back around. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I must have died like seven times on that damn thing. <laughs> I hated that damn thing. You couldn't slow mo it. You can't. You couldn't do any anything to it. Yeah, I didn't have too many problems with that. I probably died a couple of times. It's like Lupin when you um when you get pat when you get when you get to this room, right? You're turning on the main computer of the ship because the ship is the the your the the ship that you're on is losing orbit. <laughs> And then the thing, and then the thing keeping the, the orbit of the ship right here has stopped moving. Okay. When you go into that room, you turn on this thing. When you turn on this thing, all the oxygen for the room is sucked out. Okay. Your suit that you're that you're in has a limited amount of oxygen. Oh dear. <laughs> and then you're trying to get around. Then you're trying to get around, there are oxygen recharge points around the room, and you're trying to get to the one that you need to get to get you out of the room right here. But you had the center center centripetal force of the room spinning around you. Right. And if you're not running fast enough, the the thing will basically cut you in, in half. That doesn't sound like very much fun. No, it's not. I think the problem was it was difficult to know to work out exactly what you had to do and where you needed to jump to because you have to jump onto it. Yeah. But if you, you could you could jump onto the onto the side of it and then run outside the ship sort of straight away where these things couldn't get to you. Yeah. Um, and once once you work it out, it's a lot easier. But because you're not quite sure. It takes a bit of experimentation, and then you die a few times trying to work it out. Um, kind of like how when I was playing Uncharted 2, on the hardest level of difficulty, I had to rethink my strategy from hard mode because the the game's difficulty set, had set up where it's like you can't win against these guys; you have to run away from them. You have to outflank them. You have to get them out of your line of sight. Out of one thing I saw right now for for um for Dead Space Two by which I thought which which I thought was really good of what I saw on IGN for it right here was the multiplayer for that one. Um, yeah, there hasn't been a demo for it. Um, God, I hope I I, I hope they come out with one for that one before the actual game comes out. 
Though I don't think it's going to happen because the game's out. Well, over here it's out next Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they didn't necessarily do a beta for the Uncharted 2 uh, multiplayer, did they? Yes, they did. Oh, they did. Over here, they did. Yes, they ran a beta over here. They ran a they ran a demo for the multiplayer over here for about two or three weeks beforehand. And we were all most of the T Plus guys in us, and, and most of us T Plus guys right here downloaded the beta, and we were playing that for like two or three community community game nights over here. But in this beta for Dead Space 2, you're either talking about you can be either a, a human or you can be the necromorph. Oh, so they're going to do like a Left 4 Dead kind of a thing? Yeah. Okay. Of which I thought that necromorph idea was actually a really decent, really good idea, I thought, you know. Yeah, I, I like it when they have like, um, you're not necessarily playing the humans. You're, you can also kind of Mess people's days up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my my only worry would be because um, I played the demo for Alien vs Predator, and <sighs> I oh, that was that so terrible. Too. That sucked. <laughs> yeah, oh, I was. Oh, I couldn't play it. Like I couldn't get into a game. I couldn't find anybody on playing have, it. Like an, an auto start. It was like you'd have to get everybody to say, okay, let's play the game. And then the host had to finally say, all right, let's play the game. Which I thought was just terrible because, like, you know, people would, you know, the host would be in there. But because it would take, like, an hour for you to actually get enough people to start playing the game, the host would, like, fall asleep or walk away from the PS3 or be diddling himself or playing with the daisies or doing something stupid. And he's not actually doing anything with the game. So you're just like sitting there and people are putting on their voice chat and screaming at this guy to start the game and he's just ignoring them. Okay. Well, I think I want to probably wrap this sucker up pretty soon so I want to do one more thing on this thing. I was going to give this to Lupin so... Fire Vader's book review. Hit it. Okay, well, um... A review of the book that I, I have for this week, actually, is um, it's a book by Stephen R. Lawhead. He uh, he's a fantasy writer that basically does he he'll take a storyline that's a, a lore myth uh, like uh, the Pendragon Cycle, which is one of his more famous st- series, um, which deals with Arthur and Merlin and all, and all these sorts of things, and then he does some other things that are just kind of off the wall. But this one in particular is called Patrick, Son of Ireland. And what it does is it's... He did some research and he found out more information and he actually found out that what people think they knew about the uh, St. Patrick was not all that true. And what actually happened is, yes, he was part of Britain um, during the, uh, the Roman invasion of, of Britain... And yes, he was a slave in Ireland, but after he became the saint of Ireland and after he confronted the uh, the high king in Ireland, he was a senator in the Roman Senate. And so this, this book goes through his entire, not his entire life, but from his youth to the, the conclusion of the, the confrontation with the high king of Ireland and it's it's a very good story it has very very good um, character development with it which is I think is absolutely fantastic uh, he, I have never been disappointed 
with his character development. Um, excuse me. <laughs> I've got a little bit of a, a cough going on. And one of the things that is really interesting about this is there are a certain... He, he lives almost a double life, and he lives with the, regret, with the regret of this double life. And one of the things that happened to him is he has a life in Rome, and a plague hits Rome, and he loses everything. And he has this this great huge climax of what do I do now? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And he almost he wants to die. He's he's wasting away. He does nothing but walk around like a zombie for an entire month and doesn't do anything. He's barely even eating to survive. And finally he he meets this this person that gives him a new light to move on. And he goes back to <laughs> he goes back to Ireland and he he was a runaway slave and that's why he stayed in Rome is because if he went back to Ireland he would be dead because he ran away from his master so he goes back to Ireland and he confronts the king and he purchases his freedom with the money that he earned as a Roman senator and so it's it's just a a very 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 good book and I recommend it and if you are ever interested in any of his other series or books um, you can go to stephenrlawhead.com and it's Lawhead L-A-W-H-E-A-D and I really recommend almost I, I have every single one of his books and every single one is worth it so I just want to give him a, a plug for, for that book because it is simply fantastic okie dokie and we're coming down to the end of it, people, and I don't get any music for it here, so I'm just going to do it this way. Bod, what are you looking forward to play this week? Um, well, as I said, I've, I've pre-ordered uh, Little Big Planet 2, uh, which comes out on Friday, so I'll be playing that uh, on the day of release. Cool. Yeah. Question for you on that one. Standard or collector? Um, I I have got the special edition. Um, I don't know exactly what you get with it, but there's a few avatars, a few costumes. The little set, the little the little sack boy that comes with it in the two bookends. Uh, I don't think so. Ah, that's different than our end because because I've got the special edition for that one, which I'm picking up next Tuesday over here in the in the states here. And we have the little sack boy, and then the two ends, and then the two bookends that comes with it. Well, the sack boy's a little plushy. Yeah, the little eight-inch guy. I, I, don't, I don't think that comes with it, but I could be wrong. Oh, are, are you getting the special oh, edition not. or the collector's edition? Because I, I think they're releasing three different editions. As far as I know, the one I'm getting is the special edition. Might I'm not too sure, but I'm hoping that you do because because that little sack boy looks actually really cool. Kind of use him as a paperweight. Yeah, Lupin. <laughs> Lupus. Yeah. Looking forward to playing this week. Well, um, I'm looking forward to playing a little bit of Assassin's Creed, the first one, trying to platinum that game. And um, I have yet to finish Bioshock to platinum that game. 
And I, the other game that I need to platinum is Ratchet and Clank: A Crack in Time. Just be careful with the first Assassin's Creed, and I will warn you about this. I don't know. I should do this. Even though, even though mostly everybody that, listen, that listens to this podcast has listened has listened to the T Suck podcast and the and the PlayStation 2.0 podcast, the first Assassin's Creed will get repetitive. Yeah, I actually I was supposed to get on my way to Damascus after you you just get out of the uh, tutorial and after he loses all of his his little items. Okay. And I put it down because I was like, I'm bored. Um, it, it didn't necessarily grab me, and, and so that's why I'm going to have to try to force my way to play through it um, until it, I get interested in it again. Yeah, that's, that's about I the only thing. What I was trying to do was I was trying to uh, get all of the, the collectibles, like the little flags, and those things just... Ugh. They're a pain in the ass. Yeah, they're like with two with the feathers and the glyphs. Yeah. All right. I, I'm not looking forward to, to getting all those things and running around and trying to find them. Okay. And my game that I'm looking forward to play this week is... is I'm looking forward to play a PSN ex- exclusive that I just recently got here. Well, I'm going to try to get through a little bit more of Dead Nation. But I also just got Top Darts over here. Okay. And what is Top Darts about? It's a PlayStation oh. Move game. You want to go ahead, Bud? Um, yeah, a friend of mine actually uh, bought it the other day, and I've uh, I've given it a quick go. Um, it's a move compatible game uh, that's basically darts. Without I don't know if, without if having to use the dartboard, which is um, a bonus. Have I ever used the dartboard? Was that is that what you asked? No, you don't have to use the dartboard with this one. Basically, okay. basically your move controller is a dart. Well, I would I would be afraid of throwing it at the television. That's what I'm hoping I don't hear too. I would that would kind of ruin me. <laughs> well, that, that's why you wear the wrist strap. <laughs> ah, I see. I, I I don't know. I think that'd be kind of a little bit. I I don't know if the move could control. I mean, the weight of a move controller is definitely heavier and bulkier than, than that of a, a dart. And, you know, I'm not the greatest at darts, but I, I played it all the time in Alaska. And, you know, I don't know. I, I think, you know, it's, it, it, I guess it could be a good game, but I just, I don't know, because the, the, the darts are supposed to be, you know, really light and, and accurate. And I know that the ratio for the move is, is one-to-one movement, but still it's it's, you know... You're gonna to want to throw it harder than you should, and it's gonna take your aim off. And could you could you really get you know get used to the controls for it? I'm gonna try it. Give it a shot. What the heck, you know? It's like with a recent game I have been playing that Beat Sketcher. That now that sucker is actually pretty decent. Okay. It's basically MS Paint for the um for the PlayStation Three. Okay. I mean, you can draw little pictures, and then you got like a blank canvas, and you can draw with it whatever you want on the screen. Or they've got certain levels for it where you're drawing out the pictures to the beat to the beat of the music playing in the background. Huh. It's actually it's actually pretty cool. 
Some of the music gets to me a little bit, but eh, whatever. But anywho, that's it, fellas. I think we might, I think we might want to call it a day right, right here. So this is Fire Vader. Come on, check over my site at www.firevaderpodcast.host56.com. And this has been me with uh, Ida Lupus. Um, and take comes boat. And we're saying have a good game, guys, and we'll see you all next week. And here's my ending track from my favorite movie, Prime Legacy.
Let's play some Tetris, motherfucker. Game over.